Welcome back to Quantitative Methods, Psychometrics, and Public Service. I'll be your professor, Justin Bullock. Today we're going to talk about scaling and how we use measures to create scales. And in the context of psychometrics, how we use measures of observed behaviors, assign values to them, and create scales. And we're going to have some challenges with doing that that we're going to go through in this chapter, but I want to start with a quote that Furr uses, Michael Furr, in his book Psychometrics, in chapter 2 on scaling, that begins with, if something exists, it must exist in some amount. And that's going to be the whole um, point of this chapter, is trying to find out ways to use measures to create a scale that tells us how much of something exists and what amount. And as you'll remember, we're focusing on psychological attributes that are unobserved for psychometrics, so we're going to have to create measures to generate scales for, again, observed behaviors because we cannot observe the psychological attributes. So this is going to, as I mentioned, have some challenges, and the challenges really have to do with a number of issues of assigning different types of numbers as the measure. And these numbers are going to have different types of properties that we're going to discuss. And they're going to be increasing in the level of information that they give us. So first is going to be the property of identity. Then we're going to talk about the property of order. Then we're going to talk about the property of quantity and then the property of absolute zero. And these properties of, of numbers, as they're giving us more information down this, uh, down this list from identity, order, quantity, and zero, are going to be related with the classic scales uh, of measurement. And these scales include also increasing in the amount of information they give us nominal, ordinal, interval, and ratio. And what you're going to see is that as the numbers that we collect have increasing amounts of the properties, they're going to start out with identity, and then if they have identity and order, and if they have identity, order, quantity, then they're going to move up the, then we're going to be moving up the scale that we, that we have. So it'll be nominal just when we have the property of identity, ordinal when we have identity and order, interval when we have identity, order, and quantity, and ratio when we have identity order, quantity, and absolute zero for our measures. We'll also briefly look at the importance of the actual unit of measurement and concerns of additivity and multiplicativity. So let's start with these properties of numbers that I mentioned and work through them. And we're going to start with the most simple one. The first one is identity. And Fur gives us a couple of quotes at the beginning of that section that I think really guide what is the property of identity. The first is, quote, the most fundamental form of measurement is the ability to reflect sameness versus differentness. Indeed, the simplest measures are those that differentiate people, that differentiate between categories of people. Okay, so, the, uh, end quote. <laughs> so the idea here is that you group people based on some label that you give them. 
Okay, so if we weren't talking about psychological attributes, you might think of things that are pretty simple, things like hair color. Does someone have brown hair or blonde hair? You might think of eye color. Does someone have blue eyes or green eyes? One of the classic ones used in discussions of this type of measurement is sex. Are you male or female, right? And if we think about this in the context of psychological attributes and how we label people, someone maybe has depression or doesn't have depression, right? Has, uh, is happy, is not happy, right? Um, so at this really simple level of measurement, we're just differentiating between groups and assigning some number value to them. So we might give... Male is a number of one, female is a number of two. Those with depression, a number one. Those without depression, a number two. Those that are happy, number one. Those that aren't, number two. The second quote here at the beginning is, quote, The idea is that objects or events can be sorted into categories that are based on the similarity of features. There are three rules that must be satisfied for uh, the property of identity. All people within a group must be the same with respect to the category or identity in question. All right, so again, all the people in the depressed group must actually be depressed. All those in the not depressed group must actually be not depressed. These categories must be mutually exhaustive. Excuse me, they must be mutually exclusive. You can't be both depressed and not depressed, and they must be exhaustive, which means there's not some third category. It's not depressed, not depressed, and sort of depressed. All right? That's what you need for the property of identity. So this first property is associated with assigning labels of categories by some number. And this property is going to be associated with the lowest scale of measurement, which is the nominal scale. And the nominal scale is just when you have the property of identity. You're assigning some label to differentiate between categories of people. The second property is the property of order. And this property is achieved when the numbers used are ordered to convey additional information. Um, and this is an idea you can think of as someone having the most of something and the second and third. For example, let's say that we're, uh, let's say that we were talking about observed behaviors, not psychological attributes. A classic example might be first, second, and third place. And first, second, and third place, let's say in a race. And here, instead of saying, you know, these people finished the race, these people didn't finish the race, this is saying someone finished it first, someone finished it second, and someone finished it third. Right? You could also think about this with a, um, a test that you've taken. Instead of getting a grade, you might get a rank. You did the best. You were first. You did second best. You were second. This is ordered. Now, what we don't have here with ordering is the amount of difference between the groups. Right? We just have first place, second place, and third place. 
we don't know if the first person finished the race in 15 minutes and the second person in 30 or if the first person finished the race in 15 minutes and the second person finished it in 15 minutes and one second same thing if we ranked people on a uh, on a test for say this class right instead of saying okay you got the highest score you got the second highest score you got the third highest score which is the property of order we, but we don't know did you make a 99 and the next person make a 95 or did you make a 99 and the next person make a 55 all right we don't know that from from the property of order which is also going to be associated when we have the property of identity and the property of order with the ordinal scale the third property is the property of quantity. Here again, Fur provides a couple of useful quotes. Quote, when numerals have the property of quantity, they provide information about the magnitude of differences between people. Uh, end quote. And the second quote, at this level, numerals reflect real numbers. The number one is used to define the size of the basic unit of any particular scale, end quote. In this way, units of measurement are standardized quantities, and the size of a unit will be determined by some convention. So, the quantity property gives us even more information than identity and order, as we now know, if we have the property of quantity, the size difference across observations. And as the book mentioned, it's at this property where we begin using real numbers and we have the benefit of being able to do a lot of things with a measure for a psychological test. All right, so when you just have labeling and you just have order, you don't have this standard unit. Um, and so it makes it so that you can't do the same types of uh, statistical work. Okay, so what, do we, what are some examples here? Um, well, if we're not talking about psychological attributes, we're talking about physical phenomenon, we'll go back to our race example. So going a race, and the race could be measured in time, which we talked about. And so time, seconds in that case, is the basic unit on the scale. One second, two second, three second, four second. You could also think about it in distance. Distance raced. One mile or one kilometer, two miles or two kilometers. Right? In those cases, there are two different units. We could either use miles or scales. Excuse me, not scales. We could either use miles or kilometers. So this is what we mean by quantity. It's some... Um, over and above having some label and over and above having some rank. Now we're also going to have some standardized unit across the observations. And if we have that, if a scale has the property of identity, the property of order, and the property of quantity, then we have an interval scale of measurement. The final property is absolute zero. Um, which is going to be distinct from an arbitrary or relative zero. And an absolute zero is what is needed for the ratio level of scale or measurement. Okay, what is an absolute zero? Um, an absolute zero is the complete 
absence of something. So it's hard to think about psychological attributes in this way. Um, and something that Fur talks about. Um, but you can think about it in a physical environment. Say you have traveled zero distance, right? Your actual distance traveled in a race, the race hasn't begun, is zero. Um, the illustration that is often used to highlight this is uh, temperature as well. So if you have Celsius or Fahrenheit, the zero degree on those scales is not absolute zero for temperature. There is still uh, still heat, there's still temperature. It's just at some point along the continuum, it's been assigned to zero. Whereas if you had the complete absence of temperature, the complete absence of heat, then that would be absolute zero. And a lot of what we'll try to do in psychometrics is try to come up with scales that have some standard quantity and that have an absolute zero. We're rarely, if ever, going to get to absolute zero and our units are going to be really kind of messy. Uh, but we'll get into that later. But again, to bring it all together, you have four properties. You have the property of identity, the property of order, the property of quantity, and the property of absolute zero. And you, when you only have the property of identity, you have a nominal scale. As you add identity and order, you have an ordinal scale. As you have identity and you have order and you have quantity, you have an interval scale. And then if you add in absolute zero, you have a ratio scale. And the big difference between the interval and the ratio scale is with a ratio, you can have multiplicativity, which you cannot with, um, with an interval scale. And the, this is because if you don't start at an absolute zero, if you go from 10 degrees Fahrenheit to 20 degrees Fahrenheit, that isn't times two. It's 10 more degrees because you didn't start from an absolute zero. And that's the big difference between the interval and the ratio. So putting this all in context, first summarizes the chapter, and I'll end the lecture with this quote. Quote, the core goal of scaling is to link numerical values to people's psychological attributes. Fundamental issues in scaling concern A, the connection between observations of a behavior and numerical symbols, and B, the degree to which this connection is made in such a way that the symbols identify the real differences that exist between the behaviors under observation. Right, so this is going to be really tricky to create good scales that give us a measure of some observed behavior that is really related to the psychological attribute, the unobserved psychological attribute. But not just that, we want differences on our scale to be directly related to different amounts of that psychological attribute, which again is gonna turn out to be pretty tricky and messy. That's all for scaling. Um, thanks for following along. Next lecture, we will cover individual differences and correlations uh, along with chapter three from Michael Furr. Thank you.